Welcome, everyone, to Friendship And. My name is Kenny, and Malcolm, for the second week in a row, is on paternity leave, taking care of um, of his newest child. And he has two now, despite being just 16 years old, so that's very impressive. <laughs> um, and so, with me, with me here today, I have another substitute Malcolm, and this one... Um, just like last week's substitute, is also named Matt, but he is a very different Matt. Um, hey, everybody. Hello. This is this is my friend. This is my friend, Matt. Matt, where are you right now in the world? Um, right now, I'm in St. Louis. I'm in uh, sort of the uh, Forest Park area at the at that moment, but this is not where I'm originally from. I'm from I'm from Jefferson City. I'm one of Kenny's high school buddies. So uh, Matt is one of know each other pretty well. Matt is one of my my oldest friends I think I still keep in contact with. Um, I remember, I believe the first time we hung out was at a chastity retreat for high school. Do you remember that? Do you remember? I do, do remember do you, that. Remember, the, uh, <laughs> I remember it. I remember that I had to I had to give a chast I had to give a chastity talk um, after one of the most chaste people in the entire world, and uh, he stole all my talking points. So I got up there and I had nothing to say. So I was basically just like, yeah, don't, don't, uh, d- d- uh, just, you know, be a good kid. Like, have, like, be, like, I had all these talking points, and this most devout motherfucker <laughs> just came and just stole all my talking points. And I was like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I remember that. And I remember you just being like, like, just watching despairing as your talk just sort of slowly came out just of his went, mouth. It just went to nothing. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember pulling lint out of my pockets while I was talking and being like, ah, oh, this is, this is terrible. Coming from him, nobody's going to listen to it. Coming from me, it would have meant something, but like, he stole all my talking points. So all those kids are probably sinners and sodomizers and whatever now. It's okay. You know, it's okay. It's, it's fine. God it's, loves them either way. It's 2016. It's a new era. Um, well, this yeah. is well, well, this is good. So, so we have we have a, a very special episode today. Um, we're gonna try for a two parter, which you've never done before. Um, so we're going to do like 15 to 20 minutes on one topic, and then do a, a hard pivot to something very very different. So, for, so for today, I think. We, we, there was some discussion as to what we're going to use. I think for the first... Hey, don't cover your mouth. You, you, you cut out the mic and you cover your mouth. Do I? It's, it's recording. Yeah, well, you, you covered your mouth and it, it cut it out. I couldn't hear it from my side. What? Who the fuck? Who, whose fucking podcast is this? You son of a dick. You son of a bitch. When there's too much dicks... Kenny, when there's too much dicks in your mouth, they can't hear you. That's probably going to get cut. Breathe. No, it'll be fine. I'll leave it in. So we have two. We have two. Um, we have two topics for today. For the first one, we're going to do friendship and um, anxiety or stress, um, and we can sort of work on that. And then for the second one, uh, we're going to do skateboarding, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. what we talked. Okay, which because we, I think we both have a long history of being bad at skateboarding, so that should be that yeah. should be that should be a blast too. Um, so let's uh. You want you want to dive into this? You want to do this? One second. I'm gonna set. I'm gonna set my my. I'm gonna set an alarm for 20 minutes because we have a tendency to ramble. So when you hear a buzzing sound, that's what that is. So for okay. the first. So for the first one, we're gonna do friendship and anxiety. Um, and so I mean, do you? Do you who? How do you want to? How do you want to jump into this? Do you do you want me? To I mean, I'll I'll jump off on it right now. Okay, like, go for uh, it. So, so everybody knows, like, I just kind of was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's something that I'm not really 
familiar with being diagnosed with, but I'm familiar with feeling this way for a while. Um, what, what, so, way, what way is that? Um, I, I guess it's just, it's just something where like you, you feel like something is wrong mm-hmm. when you go into a situation and like you, you kind of have that, like that tingle in the back of your neck or something like that. Basically it triggers your fight or flight. Um, okay. Uh, basic instinct but you go into a situation you know there's nothing wrong with it you know there's nothing that's going to happen bad with it but you still have it build up for it. there's a tension there for you okay and like that's it's been that way for me for a while but i thought it was just it's a normal thing and i'm sure it is a normal thing for most people Mm -hmm. but uh just recently it sort of spiraled out of control for me uh it got to a point where i couldn't handle it by myself and I just went to a point where I started avoiding situations too much to the point sure. where like I was avoiding my responsibilities or anything like that. So, so what, but I mean, you... I... sorry, go on, go, go on. on. You're fine. Okay. So, uh, so like what happens, like I finally f- realized that I needed to, to talk something about it and I did, I went out and got help with it and I'm not going to get into details about it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, it's a point where it's like, I think everybody deals with anxiety on a daily basis. Um, but it's hard to know that certain point when it's something where it's like, should I talk to someone? Should I deal with it myself? Should I like, you know, just take a breather away from somebody or should I, or should I go back into where it's, it's hard to to realize when it's like, should you, should you go out and face that anxiety or should you like, you know, take a step back and just calm down or whatever. And I think it's different for every person. And I think Uh that's a good pop point for us to talk about. Okay. So, um, so maybe just for some context, would, are there certain situations that would that would trigger it, or would more, or would this be sort of just something that kind of undergirded everything you would do? Um, f- so for me, it was a it was a uh, it was a class based thing. Like I always got anxious about classes. Like I've I've uh, been to work. I've had uh, co ops and internships, and when I was working, I felt absolutely fine. I never had any anxiety. I love working. I love being uh-huh. in an environment where I, I feel like I'm accomplishing something. Okay. That like completely gets rid of my anxiety, my type of thing. When I'm when I'm in a class setting where it's like I feel like I'm just like a piece of the puzzle or something and like nobody's really watching me or whatever, I get anxious because like I feel some sort of need to perform and I feel like nobody's gonna notice me or something like that. I don't really know. It's it's, it's kind of a new thing for me, um, to get to this point. Um, it's a new type of thing and I'm still trying to come to grips with it, but I think that's kind of what the thing is like, I like being in a working environment where like I'm helping people and people are helping me and like, it's, it's very visceral. Like, you know, when you're helping someone, you can, you can feel it. It's like, I did this, I I accomplished this, I did my work. But like when you're in a classroom, it's like, you don't know if somebody knows it or not. It's kind of like a, it's like, yeah. So, so, so do you think, and again, I understand you're, you're just sort of working it out, so I'm not expecting you to have all the answers to everything, but right. um, so the lack of social interaction, like you think contributed to some of the problem, like you, like you feed, you feed off of having that sort of like, you know, one-on-one give and take, is that part of it? I think so. I think it definitely is. Um, I've always had a, a sort of introvert, extrovert, extrovert personality to where like, I like my own personal space and stuff, but like when I'm around people, the more I'm around people, the more extroverted I am. But like the more I'm away from people, I like my own space and I do need that, that time to calm down or whatever. But like, uh, I think that's a lot of it. Like when you're working, there's always people there. Yeah. There's always people 
So I do it. Uh, so I also have a um, attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. So that that helps me a lot when there's somebody there. That always keeps me on task. That always helps me. And I think that always, because of that attention deficit disorder, when someone is there working with me, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel uh, good that I can stay on task, that I can do that. So having people there to help me and to be um, goal-oriented, mm-hmm. I guess, and we're working for the same thing, definitely helps me out a lot. And when I'm um, by myself, like, uh, doing like projects by myself and things like that, that really ups my anxiety because I feel like, what if I, what if I can't finish it? What if I don't do it as well as these people think it is? I think, I think definitely having that social interaction definitely helps me out a lot. But the thing with anxiety is, uh, it also kind of prevents you from going and reaching out to people to have them help you with it. Like the more, the more it builds up inside of you, the more that you don't want to talk to those people, you want to shut yourself off. At least it was for me. And that's kind of where the problem started from. And that's where I had to go and get help, like well, actual. Well, that's interesting. So, so like you said, for you, this maybe is just my ignorance with these different conditions, but I would actually think it was the exact opposite. Like I would think if you had ADHD and anxiety, I like I, I for some reason I associate like for ADHD, I associate other people with like being a distraction or something like that. And the same way, you know, you hear a lot about social anxieties. So it's interesting. It's interesting to hear you say that it's different, um, that it's in fact, it's exactly flipped from what I would, I would think those things would be. Sure. And I, I'm sure it's different for every person. This is just my personal experience. But um, for my, for me, my ADHD has, uh, it's, it's always been a thing where if I have like a, a background or a base thing, it yeah. helps keep me ground. So like, People are like, oh, why would you listen to music if you have ADHD? Or like, why would you like listen to talk radio or something? That actually keeps me grounded. It gives me it gives me something for my for my brain to sort of baseline off of. Okay. And that then makes, that makes to go sense. to to go to stuff. Yeah, I mean, ADHD is it goes both ways. Um, because people think it's just you flip from thing to thing or whatever, but actually it's it's a it's a, it's uh it's a disorder where you don't pay attention to the things that you want to pay attention to. Yeah. So it's not necessarily you flip from thing to thing. It's like sometimes you will you will get super hyper um, paying attention to something that's not what you're supposed to, but it's interesting to you. So like okay. you'll spend like two days on doing something like I did this. I, uh, I, I made uh, two um, paracord bracelets nice. because I got super into that. Yeah. And I was supposed to be doing something else, but that was something that just caught my attention one day, and I did it for two days. And, and like and this, that's what it's. It's not that you you flip from thing to thing. It's like you don't do the thing that is your priority. At least that's what it is for me, and I'm pretty sure that's for most people with attention deficit disorder. But that it, it also plays into anxiety at that too, because that's a way to get away from your anxiety of doing what you're supposed to, because you're so anxious about it. You again get hyper attentive to something that's not what you're supposed to be doing so you do that and then it just kind of takes you out of that world of where you're going to be yeah so is part of so is it is part of that that feeling just tied to the expectation like like it like is that is that what it is like that there's a for me it is for me it is a lot interesting and so I've, i've i've been a person who people have relied on for a lot of things and I've accomplished a lot of things and like 
now that I'm getting to that point where it really sucks for me because uh, I'm supposed to be going into the workforce. I'm supposed to be right there. This is supposed to be, I'm supposed to be starting my career right now. Yeah. And it really sucks that this is happening for me. And that makes it 10 times worse. Do you like, so, so I, you said that this is all relatively new, like not the feeling obviously, but sort of the, you sort of coming to terms with it in a healthy, in a healthy way, in a way I imagine that's just, that's the, not. The feelings, I mean, I feel like everybody has feelings of anxiety and things like that. And I think the, the levels that I felt before were, uh, were pretty normal. I think everybody sort of had that deal and I could deal with them too. Um, mm-hmm. I had some trouble problems dealing with it but everybody does that it's as part of being an adolescence i believe mm-hmm. but i mean i had um my family went through some health issues some cancer stuff and whatever and it just sort of all built on it to the point where it got to a point where i could not i could not deal with it anymore and i i still thought i could and i tried to deny it and i tried to be like i can still pull myself out of this and then i went to a point where i couldn't and yeah. i went out and i went and i got help and i'm getting help um, I'm still in the middle of doing that. I'm not really sure where I'm going from this point, but there was literally a point where I lost an entire month and I, I didn't do anything, but I still couldn't tell you what I did. Like a whole month, just like wasted. I pretty much sat in bed and did nothing, watched YouTube videos and that was it. And I don't really know and what happened. Why? So and why, like, that's part of it. Why you were in that state, did you know that like this that this was some sort of turning point or did, or did something pull you out of that? Um, kind of, it's kind of hard to explain how that worked. There were plenty of points where I was like, all right, if you don't, if you don't do this right now, then you won't be able to come back from it. Yeah. That happened like three or four times. And I was, uh, I was like, okay. But then I, I got the anxiety kicked in mm-hmm. and actually, this is this is the this is the difference between the anxiety I had before, where it was just I felt like it was normal stuff, and the anxiety I had now. I actually had literal panic attacks, which I've never had before. What do those feel like? Some, um, they feel awful. It feels uh, your chest gets tight, mm-hmm. you get dizzy, you have to sit down, you can't like you can't catch your breath. And the thing was, they happened. When I was like, I have to go do this. I ha- mm-hmm. like this is the last point to do this, and then literally I couldn't do it. Yeah, because I physically couldn't do it, and it was just it's it's a very very rough feeling. And that at that point, after I had my second panic attack, the first one I was like, I don't, that might be something I could deal with. After I had my second one, that's when I went and I reached out to my family and my doctor and was like, I need help at this point. Because that's something I never deal with. And, like, you don't have to get to that point to go get help for anxiety because it had, it had already been there to the point where it was debilitating because I wouldn't have been in that position if I didn't have the anxiety disorder beforehand. Yeah. Like, just getting to that panic attack and getting to that point, there were things way beforehand. But, like, I was like, I, I, was like, I can handle it. I can do it. You know what? It's... It's something where it's very hard if for me at least it's very hard for me to ask for help from a thing like that. I come from a very self sufficient family. I come from a very self sufficient place. I've always been able to handle my own shit. And in this point it was just too much. So how have and if this is getting if this is getting too corny, just tell me to fuck off. 
But so have. Oh. Ha, all right, bye. So how how have how have friends helped you at all through this? I mean, that, that's that's sort of the the shtick of the podcast. I mean, have they friends and um? Well, I guess to be honest, like I just touched on, I've always been super self sufficient and not really doing so. I never really actually did reach out to any friends, and I think that was the problem. Okay. The problem was I shut, I shut my friends out when I was having this problem. And the more anxiety you have, and like the more, it wasn't just anxiety uh, about doing things. I had anxiety about talking to people about this because sure. the more the more I felt I had a problem, the more I didn't want to tell people about it. I think everybody kind of I think everybody kind of understands that point. But it's like uh, this weekend and last weekend, I've talked to people about it. I've come out with them, and they've been so supportive. Like when I was going into it, I was like, I was still thinking I can do it. It's all me. When you realize that you need more than just yourself to do it, then that's where your friends come in. Yeah. Like your family's always going to be there. Your family's going to be supportive of shit. And thank God for my family. But like it, like that's another thing. It's like your family's always going to be there. You you know they always are going to be there for you. So it's it's not really that much of a comfort when it's like oh yeah we support you. It's like you're always going to support me. Uh-huh. When you reach out to friends or something. And they're just your buds, and all you've done is be assholes and fuck around your whole time. And then you realize, and you say like, "Hey, dude, I'm kind of fucked up. I need a little bit of help." And then they come down to your level, and they're just like, "What do you need? What do you want?" That's when that's when it really feels good, and that's when like friends are awesome. I was going to talk to Kenny before this podcast about it, but I think he kind of wanted this to be a little bit raw about it. But like this is honestly the first that I've been talking to people about it, and everybody has been super supportive about it. And it's it's really been great, and like God, it just feels so much better to talk about it and to do things about it than it is to like pull yourself into your own yeah. little microcosm thing. Because that that's what I want to do. It's like mm-hmm. like just I want to be alone. I want to be myself, and then I want to like calm down, and then I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But once you get to a point and you realize that's not going to be fine, you can't do that anymore. And then you reach out to people, it feels so much better. Sure, and especially like, and especially when you said that, you know, the the thing that has always helped you was the was the social aspect, right? Like that like that was the thing that sort of kept everything from right, getting yeah, out always, of control. Like, like I said, like the more social I get, the better I feel. Uh-huh. But like I do I do like my alone time, but like as much as I like when you're alone and you're like, I don't want to hang out with these people that first person that pulls you out and is like, come on, let's hang out. And like the next person comes in and is like, I want to hang out with this person. You want to hang out with this person. It's like, let's go talk to these people. And you're like, yeah, okay, here we go. I'm with my friends. I feel so much better. So, so we're nearing the end of the 20 minutes. So I, we can go to something very different, but, um, sort of looking, looking into the future, do you see this now that you're sort of working on getting a handle on, 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 you know, all this stuff, do you see this changing the way either you approach friendships or making different friendships? Does that make sense? Because I imagine something like this fundamentally, to a certain degree, alters the way you interact with the world. Because you you have a certain knowledge about yourself now that is that is definite. You know, it's something maybe you kind of hazily knew before, but now you kind of have words to put towards it. You know, I mean, does that change the way you interact with people? It's got to in some way. Maybe I'll make friends that I think aren't so fleeting. I guess that might be a thing. Like I've always been like a person. I'll I'll talk to people. I'm terrible with names. That's one of my <laughs> biggest problems. But I'll make friends with like 
30 people in one night, and I'll remember none of them. Okay. And then they'll, they'll call me the next day and be like, hey, do you want to hang out? And I'm like, sure. And then, like, I know they don't want to because mm-hmm. I just met them. Yeah. I think I'm going to maybe in the future try to expand my friendships, not from just people I meet randomly, but from people I know more. Mm-hmm. More, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll build off of the friendships of my friends more. Sure. I think, I think that's really what I'm going to take away from this. I mean, I've, I've never, I've never really been a person who just like goes out and just becomes great friends with somebody out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened once or twice. Sure. But I think that, uh, there, there are a lot of friend, there are a lot of acquaintances, I guess I know. Yeah. From people or whatever, and they've wanted to hang out more, and I guess I'll I'll build on those. What does probably just because it's more familiar. This is the question, and this will be the last thing I ask you about this because I, this isn't completely related. But um, I was gonna say I feel like I've been talking a lot, and you haven't been talking at all. No, it's fine. If, <laughs> um, but this is I'll talk on the skateboarding thing. That's when I'll 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 go real deep. Out I mean, there. the only thing I wanted to talk about that is just because it's been something that sort of piqued my interest recently i mean do you want to just go to that do you want to just pivot to skateboarding then i mean ask your ask your question and then yeah well, oh, good. What, what was i gonna say yeah so so you talked about so what right now you know we're we're getting older and sort of you know we're learning we're learning things about ourselves, matt this is a question that i've i'm not sure i've ever asked because to a certain degree it sounds kind of stupid but i'm just gonna go for it because why not so what does what does a good friend look like to you right now like at this very moment, like like what would a good friend be? Right now, honestly, I'm surrounded by them, especially you, bud. Oh, I'm not surrounding you. Damn it! I thought that was a I thought that was a a, um, a touchdown notification for my famous team, but it wasn't. Well, the they way Samsung the way your Samsung camera, Health telling me that I have not the way your, shit this week. The way your phone was moving, I really thought that all of a sudden your penis was just going to slowly start rising from the bottom of the. <laughs> it could be. It could. Oh, put I that mean, a, put that away. Um, that's disgusting. Um, anyway. All right. Well, that's that's good. Nice. What does a good friend look to me right now? That that was your question. Um, yeah. So right now, honestly, because of this anxiety and all this stuff, and coming to terms with it, like I've had to reach out to my family, and family is completely different than friends. I think everyone knows knows that. Um, family is sort of cloying to me like <laughs> they're really over the top they're like yeah your no, your mom your mom's always gonna be like are you okay blah, blah, blah. and it's like that's part of the anxiety it's like it's like yeah. i want to just tell my parents like yeah i'm fucking okay leave me alone but yeah, then you're the, like it's the wrong I'm reaction not okay, but, yeah but like i don't want you to like just be this so over the top over me so i think that that's a big thing with being a friend is them being like hey dude i'm here but i'm not gonna press press upon you upon this like you want to talk i'm here you yeah. don't want to talk let's just hang out like, like normal people that, yeah well yeah basically that but i mean i mean that's that's a that's such an underrated thing about having good friends is uh is them being there but not being too close them being like hey you want to do whatever the fuck you want like you just want to chill yeah. out at your place and fucking jerk off in your basement go for it Rad. if you want to hang out have some beers Let's do it. If you want to go get fucking turnt and go grind on some dirty bitches, let's do it. Like, is whatever turnt, it is. Is turnt still cool? Was that ever cool? No. It, no? no. Okay, turnt, that's the key. Turnt isn't cool, but lit is. Is lit, lit, is is now, lit hip now? I've been, Alaska's put me so firmly out of reach yeah, of you're, what is you're cool out, right well, now. 
There's not a lot of things that are lit in Alaska because it's really <laughs> cold. The gas light's pretty lit, though. Uh, so he, oh, is oh, is that that? Didn't yeah. they uh, get rid of that bar, that historic bar that we went to that one time? They may have, but the gas light's still there. All right. Um, okay, the, so... That's uh, the club with the bull in downtown Anchorage. I, I, I have a question for you yeah. right now. All right, what's up? Do you like the Chainsmokers? I like that Roses song. That one's the... Dun, dun, like, dun, 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 dun. Which one is that? I may, I probably, I'm probably Baby, okay with it. me closer in the backseat of your Rover that I know you can't afford... It's all it's all fine garbage club music, but if you ever Google the Chainsmokers, which I did just the other day, they are look like fucking douchebags, man. Like they look like the I didn't realize I didn't realize they were they did the uh the selfie song. Yeah, dude, the let me take a selfie. Yeah, it's the most good They went from they've they've gone from like literal garbage <laughs> and pulled themselves up into almost respectable. Almost but not quite. Okay, so let's uh, close. so let's yeah, well let's 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 skip this into skateboarding, right? Yeah, let's do something completely different. So skateboarding. What you said that you're recently getting reinterested in skateboarding. So when you let's go back to your origins. So okay, when did you when did you start skateboarding? So I think me and you probably shared started... a past of bad skateboarding, as I've said right. before. Right, you were always better than me. Um, here here's what happened to me. Um, so my best friend. We'll call him KG, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I'm aware of him. Me and him used to listen to, like, Weird Al tapes and stuff and have sleepovers. And then uh, we got our hands on a Tony Hawk Pro Skater demo from Pizza Hut. Oh, and we started, shit. Uh, I remember those. I remember when they put, they put them on top right, of the pizza box. The only, yeah. song, the only song was it was uh, Superman by Goldfinger, which, <laughs> which started our love of Scott. But anyway, we we start playing the absolute shit out of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, and when I was in fifth grade, I remember the exact the exact thing I did. It was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I drew it, and I was like, "I want to be a professional skateboarder." (laughs) But my dream was when I was a kid. It's a good dream. Like you're smart, and then I was like, "Okay, whatever." (laughs) But yeah, it's like I want to be a professional skateboarder, and uh, I bought a uh, a skateboard. It can't have been from Walmart because it was it was too high quality to be from Walmart. I think it was from Toys R Us. I think I bought nice. a Toys R Us. The game. skate the skate shop of choice for the discerning shredder. Yeah, it yeah. had an eight games graphic on the bottom of it, so you know it was good. Oh man, yeah, I remember those. That's good. And uh, and I spent an entire summer trying to learn learn how to ollie. And I could. <laughs> Did you succeed? But I made, I made no. my dad build me a plywood. Uh, mini ramp in my backyard yeah and we couldn't do shit off it we <laughs> fucking just get hurt use it at all. Yeah. yeah me and kevin were there and uh yeah like we tried to even like we could do we could do regular to to, to fakie that was it nice. so we could roll up and back um we tried to fucking like just turn on the thing and it didn't work it was my dad didn't know what the fuck he was doing i didn't know what the fuck i should tell him to do so it was the shit it was a shit ramp, but it was like eight feet in the air. I think the only thing that I actually pulled off on that is when it snowed. Mm-hmm. I started at the top of the hill, and I bombed off of the back of that ramp, and I hit our shed's roof. Nice. And that was the thing that's I pretty, ever did. That was the most extreme thing Sean I ever did. Some Sean White shit. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah, so, the, the fucking flying tomato shit. So my, so my, my, that, my... That, That's how it started, and then... Uh, 
after that summer, I realized I was really bad at skateboarding and I didn't really do it that much anymore. So my history with skateboarding is pretty much the same thing, where it's, it's like, I feel like everyone our age, like, it all begins with Tony Hawk at some point, where, like, I... Yes, uh, yeah. Well, Tony Hawk, when you were a kid, I remember Tony Hawk landing his first 900. Like, Because I was already watching, I was already, yeah, I was already watching X Games at that point. I, I, I must have been, like, eight or nine. Uh-huh. But I was, I was already into, I think, Extremely Goofy Movie had maybe come out at that point. I don't know. We were all okay. into it at that point. But yeah, I I do remember I do remember him landing the first 900. I don't remember how sketchy it was and how shitty it was, but how great it was. It was fucking. And then and after he no- did after he did it once, he started doing it like it wasn't no thing. Like he would just like he would just bust one out just like in like a normal like Wednesday competition. Like it started to get it started to get too regular for a while. I remember he would just do them. I remember watching a documentary about it, and like it was like he was the only person skateboarding who could have landed that trick because he was tall enough. Because he had to, he had to like spin and tuck, and when he landed, his knees like had to absorb so much impact that only a person as tall as he would could have done it on the ramps they were building at the time. Yeah, like it's like the Michael Phelps thing. Like he's just the skateboarding freak who is like just made by God to go on a half pipe and do things like it's this. Like for, for what is happening at that moment, he was built for it. Yeah, like things have sure. changed now. It's different ramps and stuff, and like it's all about street and park and shit. But like uh-huh. at that point, vert was all of it. That was <laughs> back was when that was back when rollerblading was part of the X Games. Still, is it not anymore? Oh no! Um, oh, no. that's rough. That's rough. Nobody cares. Uh, about <laughs> so uh, rollerblading is like a step below fucking razor scootering now. So here's so here's my here's my skateboarding story. So I think. Like like you, I skateboarded when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, and then I had two friends named Zach and Alan, which I believe you you could probably put their names yeah. together, um, who were like who were like the school. They were like the at my grade school. Now it took me a minute to think about who your Zach and Alan could be, but yep, I got yeah, them. you got them. So and they're good dudes. Like to this day, I, I like them. I skated with Zach a couple times. <laughs> yeah, like to this day, they're 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 solid people. But um. But so, uh, so yeah, so they were like, they were the school skaters, so they were like considerably better. By considerably better, like in the scheme of skaters, they maybe weren't great. I don't really remember. I feel like they could kick flip, which was which was to me like the equivalent of a nine hundred. Like they could like actually do it. Right. I, I could. That's I could, the thing. Like now that I think about how shitty I was about like being able to do an ollie, I was just too small. Like I was too small <laughs> for the board to work. Yeah, and I think you may be right because now. Like, Ollie is sort of like riding a bike. Like, I can't do any skateboarding things. But if I go home and get out one of my good, like, my old, like, like my good boards that were actually, like, the ones I spent a little bit of money on, they were, like, light, you know, sort of like that. Like, I can still Ollie to this day. Like, I have the muscle memory. Like, I can do it. Right. Like, I remember, I remember being a kid and trying to Ollie so hard. And I did the thing. I did the thing. But I was just too small. Like, now I realize yeah. I was too small to actually uh-huh. get my legs all the way across the board to do it. Like, now I think, like, I'm a I'm an adult. I can fucking I know how my body works. I can definitely do it. So so my so so the skateboarding story. This is like the end of one, and then I pick up again many years later. But so right. it, it was uh, it was in the fall, and so I I went with Zach and Alan to um to the Jeff City Skate Park, which um which was which what a, was what a shithole was a den of sin if there ever was one. Like it was like it was like. It was every parent's Spencer sort of story. I have a story about that. Yeah, so dude, it was like every parent's horrified idea of like 
what a skate park is. Like, it was, like, this cliche of, like, a bad place. And so, but anyway, so Zach and Alan take me there. And I have my, like, relatively new skateboard. And, like, I'm still bad, right? And, uh, and so I'm ready, like, I, but, I, but I'm, like, I'm willing to get better. I'm at the skate park, and it's intimidating because there's people around me who are, like, much older and, like, know what they're doing. And so I want to learn to drop in because, again, like you said, it was all about the vertical time. And so I wanted – yeah, this this gets worse. And so I was ready. I wanted to – I wanted to be Tony Dude, Hawk. I remember uh, the drop-ins at that park. They were huge. They were like eight-foot drop-ins. They were really big. And I was all about Bob Burnquist at the time. Like I just wanted to be Bob Burnquist. I was a rune glyphor. Oh, Bob Burnquist invented the mega ramp, didn't he? Was that Bob? The, no, he did the circle, else? right? Wasn't that Bob Burnquist who was the first to do No, the... that was Tony Hawk. Was that Tony Hawk too? Tony Hawk too. I think first. Bob Burnquist invented the mega ramp. He, Bob Burnquist just seemed like the best all-around guy. Like, he was like, he wasn't like the famous, he wasn't as famous as Tony Hawk, but like, he was like, I, I don't know. He, he, seemed, he seemed a safe choice. He was in, he was in every pro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, so he's pretty good, I guess. I mean, that's the only reason I knew him. I wasn't like actually – I lived in the rural Midwest. I didn't actually know a lot about skateboarding or skateboarders. But anyway, so I'm at the Jeff City Skate Park, and I want, and I want to learn to drop in. And so there's a lot of little small ramps that would make a lot of sense, right? But they're like, no, the way to do it, you got to just the big go one. big. You got to go big. So he takes me to the quarter pipe. Like he take like there's like there's a half pipe in the Jeff yeah, City the one. Yeah, the huge one, the he gigantic he one. I remember me, this. He takes me to the quarter pipe, and I'm there at like the lip of the quarter pipe, and he's like telling me what to do. But like I've never dropped in in my life. Like, not, like lean I have forward. No, and so that's what he said. He's like, just lean forward. I'm like, I'm gonna die. And he's like, no, no, it'll be fine. Just lean forward. And so. What happened was I leaned forward and I basically died. <laughs> like I just like I, I like I just collapsed. It was probably more out of fear than the board, but I just collapsed and um and like mess up my ankle. I had like basketball practice that night, and my basketball coach was. We like, all played basketball. Yeah, obviously. Well, and so in case you don't know, me and Kenny were from the Midwest, and everybody had to play basketball and baseball. It was, it was required. It was, it was essential, whether whether or not you hated it. But um, you were good or bad, or just <laughs> so or but, drooling like mongoloid. You yeah. were on the baseball team or the basketball team. But but anyway, so I uh, so then I go to basketball practice, and my coach was like, because uh, I tell him like I like I hurt my ankle, so I can't practice. And he basically said he was like, well, you can either keep going to the skate park. Oh, got sorry about that or, too. Okay. Or you can play basketball. And then, so that's that's when I stopped. And then I'll tell another quick, just another quick story to round out my skateboarding arc. So then, fast forward, that's probably in sixth or seventh grade. I am like a junior in college, and me and my roommate at the time, his name was John. We had had very similar experiences growing up, where uh, where we had like been bad at skateboarding young, but like I found it fun. Like I Rich, like I, young white men. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the standard white sort of alternative existence that we led. And Suburban, so, um, like. Yeah, I rode a skateboard down my cul-de-sac. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and so we decided that like, but we did it as like kind of older kids. So, like it'll be like fun exercise and excuse to get out of the dorm room and stuff. And so we would mm -hmm. like go around like our college town and like we would find little spots where we would like do like shitty like two second grinds because again we couldn't kickflip or anything. We could just like ollie onto things. And so like that would be our like big trick of the day yeah. is we'd go quicker to where we could like ollie up like two feet and then go. Uh... But anyway, so one time we were skateboarding. And then, uh, and then a bus was driving by because school was getting out. 
and somebody leans out the window and goes, "Fuck you, Tony Hawk!" And then, and then throw, and then, then so, and the next sec we hear something explode beside us. Someone had yelled at us out the bus window and then thrown a graphing calculator. <laughs> like they, like, like these children had insulted us. As college students, I remember you telling me a story specifically, and then through a grab calculator, and then I'm not sure we ever fully recovered. Um, and then uh, Kenny, except yeah. that I don't remember exactly when that was, but you came back. We both bought skateboards. Yeah, just said after. I think, yeah, I think this was like the summer where again we did like really. That was when Shred Mountain. There's a huge hill in Jeff City. I remember watching you eat fucking shit off oh. of that, and I thought you were dead. I thought I was dead too. It was like we're gonna have to take Kenny to the hospital. He's getting stitches. And I like here we go. It was like the closest. Wow. To, it was the closest to a near death experience I think I've ever had because I was like going down the hill and basically for the people because no one knows what we're talking about. It's just this gigantic hill that we would like just we would just ride down like kind of luge style like we because it, it was yeah. it wasn't a steep hill. It was a very long hill though. So I get going down the hill. And then about halfway down, I get speed wobbles, you know, and so we are on a skateboard. And that only- halfway down, like 20 feet down, <laughs> speed and he, like, he he rectifies himself, and, like, me and another one of Kenny's friends are like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, we, like, there's no, there's no getting out of this now. Oh. He's already had the speed wobbles, and he's pulled out of it, and he's, like, 50 feet down the hill from that, and we're like, he's dead. The way it's set up, there's, like, there's a, there's a busy, like, road on the left, then there's, like, a grass embankment on the right and so i decide well i gotta bail it's only because they put grass like they planted grass seeds there there's a lot of gravel <laughs> it was bad like it, both sides are bad and so i decide it's not like loamy soft grass it's like there's some grass but it's because it's growing out of gravel it's and, shit and like i know at the time that i'm going to eat shit like i know it's gonna happen but i'm like i'd rather eat shit in the grass and so eventually I made this, I really just gave myself up to fate, where, like, at there's at some point where it got so bad, like, the skateboard never threw me off. Like, I gave myself <laughs> to, to whatever was going to happen. It was a point where Kenny had to pick his spot. Like, he was like, <laughs> yeah. just, let me find the point, and he kicked out. And even, even as I was going down, it was, like, one of those sort of cliche moments where everything goes slow, and I had this vision of my teeth just grinding into the pavement. Like, I knew that's what was going to happen. But, um, but luckily for me, just my elbow took it all. <laughs> so, so my, so. Oh, so hard. Yeah, it was oh. real bad. And then I just remember standing up and then just screaming, ouch, like an idiot. I was just like, ouch, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was surprised. Like, that's when I knew you weren't dead. It's like you went <laughs> up and you were like, ah! Ooh! Ah! And I was like, okay, so he's he's screaming sort of nonsense. He's not actually. He's okay. I didn't hit my head. And so, anyway, so, that's, so skateboarding hasn't been kind to me, is the long story Skateboarding's short. Skateboarding's not kind to anybody. You have to, that, I mean, true. that's part of skateboarding is finding out how to fall and how to not do that and how to not, you know, take a humongous fucking hill on a walmart skateboard that's not <laughs> yeah dude that's key so you say you're getting back into skateboarding what like what are you what are you doing getting back into it is a strong term okay. um what i'm i've i've discovered skateboarding videos on youtube and i've been recording <laughs> videos for yeah. like for like like six months and i'm like oh yeah i remember how i remember i used to do that i remember how i used to do that but i don't want to spend i don't want to spend 112 dollars on a brand new board and trucks and wheels and shit mm-hmm. but like i i have been like 
oh yeah, I remember how to do that. And I've done some like, you know, just some 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 practice by myself in my room. This is what an ollie looks like type shit. Whatever. But like I it it's it's something that like I sort of completely wrote off as mm-hmm. something like kids do and now it's like something that I'm like, oh yeah, I could I could just do that. Fuck it. Why not? It was always fun. Like even when it sucked, it was always fun. And like I sort of kinda wanna get back into it. Yeah, it was always fun to like because I found you could always surprise yourself skateboarding. Like, cause there, like, to me, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a pussy. So like, it would be like, the, like there'd be many moments where like you really have to like in a primal way confront just being scared of dying. You know, like you'll be like, like I, I, like I know I can ollie off these three steps, but like, but part of the problem was always that like, if you doubt that you can do it, you'll never do it. Like that was always my experience. Right. So like part of it was like completely convincing yourself you can do these things, which you probably yeah, can. Go yeah. fast and commit is like the, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. phrase now. Yeah. But like, I mean, I've always been a pretty athletic person. So like, like the more that I realized how dumb it was when I was a kid and I was always small that I couldn't uh-huh. do these things. Like I, I have pretty good body awareness and shit now. Like I've always been an athletic person. Like I can, I feel like, I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could fucking, uh-huh. I could totally do that. Yeah, dude. And then, of course, I'm going to get on a skateboard. I'm going to bust my fucking nuts in half. <laughs> it's fine. That's that's what it takes. So did you, uh, so are you, are you skateboarding with friends, you know, to shoehorn friendship into this? No, are you, no, nobody. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is the opposite. Honestly, like, um, I don't want to really give them too much of a shout out because they're always way too big. But, like, I've been watching a lot of the Braille skateboarding channel. Okay. And they're, they're big on, like, they, they have, like, fucking three million subscribers or some shit. Uh-huh. But, like. They're they're big into like uh just getting anybody to skateboard like mm-hmm. not just like there's they have I mean they have their they want to push their tutorials like they have a tutorial set or whatever but it's not that expensive I haven't bought it yet I'm probably not going to. but like th- their whole thing is like their their channel is just like a bunch of fun skateboarding videos it's not yeah. like really technical stuff it's not a bunch of like super impressive skateboarding it's just like dudes going out and hanging out at the park and being like you know this this is what skateboarding's about it's about like you know fucking around having a little bit of fun and that, that's why that's why actually that's why i always liked about it i always oh, that's that's what i'm going to say back to your your jeff city skateboarding oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna just derail it back to that your jeff city skate park thing Go for that's it. actually what made me stop skateboarding was because i was not into like the drug scene and all or any of that shit like i was a really young innocent church going boy (laughs) and like i honestly the reason i started uh skating at that skate park is because i was taking ice skating lessons at the ice skating rink which uh the right next door yeah the skate is in the parking lot of it so like i would do ice skating figure skating lessons and then i would go out and i would go in my skateboard before we would leave yeah. Um. Skate in that skate park. Uh huh. And then like, that's that's like when it was brand new. Like literally, like yeah. a month after it was built, I was like, holy shit, this is so good. And then like six months later, it was like that's where like the kids from high school would uh smoke weed and shit like that. And like I don't have any problems with that now, obviously. But like back then, that was the edgy shit, and that was like the like oh, we listen to Godsmack and Slayers type <laughs> shit. Yeah, it was, was like what. It I was like, the system of a down. Is that cool? It's like, yeah, if you smoke this joint, it's like, my mom's over there. And they're like, good <laughs> fuck. 
Yeah, it wasn't, like, it didn't strike me as a great scene anyway. Like, it wasn't particularly cool. See, that's, that's the thing about skateboarding now. Like, you, it used to be such a rebel sort of yeah. thing. It was like, it's like, fuck our parents, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Like, we're so cool or whatever. It's uh-huh. like, that, that wasn't the scene I really wanted it to be. Now yeah. it seems like a lot more inclusive because, like, it's sort of gone past the 90s grunge type of, like, oh, yeah, we hate everybody. Yeah, and now it's right. Like, and now it's like a oh yeah our kids skateboard like I was a skateboarder in the eighties and now I have kids and they skateboard so I yeah. think like it's it's gotten a lot more wholesome and like I don't begrudge those kids for what whatever they were doing at the skate park that was their escape but like it yeah. just wasn't my scene so they kind of put whoops excuse nice. me it's it kind of pushed me out of it at that point uh-huh. yeah. It's we're we're about to wrap up here, but I just, I just wanted to do a little a little closing thought, a little a little final reflection. But yeah, I always found uh, yeah, we haven't really talked about a lot of friends stuff. I think you and me have just been talking. Yeah, and that, that that's how usually that's how it usually happens. But so for before skateboarding though, and I think you and I experienced this too, where whenever I went skateboarding, one of the things I always liked about it is like I hated going skateboarding with friends who were better than me. Like it like it right. like like I had way more fun skating with people who were like on my low level you know and it, it was one of those things where it was, it was because it was fun because you actually both had this like great experience of like trying to get better we're you know like so often that's, that's something i just realized about skateboarding it was watching youtube videos and stuff about it it's like i didn't realize people spent like hours and hours trying to hit that one trick on that yeah. one spot uh-huh. i thought they just did it i thought they were just like <laughs> uh-huh. showed up to the, like, just did it and was like yeah whatever it's like that's yeah. how Tony Hawk does it in the video game. He just does it. <laughs> yeah. Two minute time period. There you go. But like, I didn't realize it took them like days to get that one shot of footage. And like, everybody sure. sucks at that one trick. Like, everybody uh-huh. sucks at skateboarding. That's what I didn't realize for a long time. <laughs> that's kind of why I went back to yeah. everybody sucks at skateboarding. Everybody sucks at skateboarding. And it's so much fun to suck together at skateboarding. Yeah, for sure. Now, friends. Friends. Oh, friends. All right. Well, I think we, uh, I think we covered a lot of bases here. I think we did good. You're going to be back in, in December, right? Yeah, I'll be back in December. I'll be back for Christmas. So if any of our rabid fans want to descend on us, we'll be in Jefferson City, Missouri. Do you want to record another song out of nowhere? Yeah, it's fine. Do you want to, do you want to just like, do you want me to, do you want to think about it or do you want to just no, put it no, on the spot? Nope. I just want to, I just want you to hit play on your laptop and we'll <laughs> fuck around with and yeah. cut together a song. Someday I'll share I'll share the song Sasquatch with everyone. Maybe they'll get a special a special sneak peek. They don't have the bag CP. They don't have the bag CP where that one song just fucking completely cuts out and comes back in. <laughs> the one that horrifies people. Yeah. No. I, what was that? That was a. That was Space, Space Vagabond. Vagabond. Space Vagabond. Yeah. The only song. song that I wrote completely got shit on. It's a good song. We'll redo. Um, we'll redo that. So and I'll share this with podcast listeners someday. Maybe. Um. A, those songs are those songs are great, but it's uh the the content is sometimes uh a little risky. We're gonna have to do some behind the scenes on that too. We'll we'll do a DVD release. Blue HD DVD. Yeah. I think I may still have my HD DVD player somewhere. My Xbox hookup. Do you remember that? Do you remember when I had my HD DVD player? It was it was. It's a deep. Your cut. ancient technology that doesn't work anymore. I can't believe. Uh, yeah, I really I really bet on the wrong horse there. Let let me let me just lay this knowledge on you. Your HD DVD player is older than Minecraft is. Oh, all right. Well, uh, well, thank well, thank you, Matt, for uh, for talking to me today. It was fun. 
Um, okay. so, oh, I thought we already finished. I thought I was just talking to you at this point. Oh no, I, I didn't finish. So I, I have to, I have a little spiel I have to go through. So um so you can find us at uh at friendship at Facebook. I always have to look these up because I can never remember them. So at facebook.com slash two friends um or SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com slash friendship and the A N D is spelled out. It's not just the ampersand. Um, also, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Friendship and, and this time, the just use an ampersand. And uh, you may have to dig and you can find us. And we're still running our, our promotion where if you, um, if you, uh, if... Sleepiest dog in the world. Na, na, now, now <laughs> that's a real deep cut. So if you look, if you email us at friendshipandpodcast at gmail.com, F R I N. F-R-I-E-N-D-S-H-I-P-A-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com and then, and, then, and then review us at iTunes.com and then I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Fuck it. I'm done. Just review us and then if you send us proof that you give us a positive review on iTunes, we'll send you a drawing of some sort. We're still running that contest. Or it's not really a contest. We'll just do it. So, um, right. 12590.com. Well, okay. All right. All right. All right, Matt, I'm cutting you off. The juggler. More things.